Oh, darn, it sent the links to me. Shoot. Sent the links to you? Because I'm the one who typed it. It's fine. I can just... Oh. Don't edit this! Someone who can edit Hi, welcome to Foil Forward. This week we're talking about layouts. I'm Kevoir. I don't know why I'm doing the host thing right now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> here, here we go. Uh, for, uh, here we have Catrice. Hi. We have Jonathan this week. Hello. We have Mark. Hello. We have Rob. Hi. Okay. And so... we have all the voices in our heads. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm here. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I get where I feel like we should start this discussion. I really don't know why I decided I'm hosting this episode because I don't. <laughs> my layouts are garbage. <laughs> anyway, uh, I feel, how I feel we should start this discussion is we should focus on what are some definite positive things that you can do with a, a page layout and what are some definite what's your least favorite thing you've seen in a layout basically start with the positive let's go down the list Catrice hey or I, by putting you on the spot too much putting me on the spot too much I'm still not entirely sure actually what we're meaning by layout without okay maybe context. that's a good question to answer first in my mind and you yeah. can correct me is we're talking about Hey, a how of how you design a page of your game and like what it looks like in the quote the quantity of sidebars and the graphical design of basically the page and b talking about the overall layout and format of how you put the book together and how you de decide to convey in information in a without speaking about the words that you are using to convey said information. So another question then, would we be including things like font choices and stuff like that in this as well? To a, yes, that's probably part of it, <clears throat> but it's not the main focus, but probably fits in this umbrella as far as I'm concerned. Unless you have a 300, unless you have a three, thousand word essay on font choice Catrice, in which case we can save that for another time. No. <laughs> no, I was just gonna point out that like, you know, for at least some basic stuff. Um actually let's start with like a really basic kind of layout to begin with. Like you know, don't change like a bunch of fonts constantly. Um make sure that modern games basically one or two columns per page. Like some have tried three and it just ends up feeling too cramped. I think if you don't mind, I might just go back a step and just relate to what people really know. <clears throat> and I, at least in my opinion, one of the biggest reasons we focus on layout is for readability. Uh, I guess, and on top mm. of that, in, included with is um, information or information communication mm -hmm. but um so i think if we go back and look consider a novel like a straight up novel like it's just like words chapter headings you know, that's it and and when we picture that we can kind of pick out a bunch of things in that layout um 
that everyone is familiar with, uh, even if not by their names, but just like the spacing around the edge of the page and uh, the size of the letters or the fonts, and then to um, uh, another degree, maybe the font types themselves. And just sort of like as a basic, like we can look at that um, and just picture um, almost any novel is typically laid out well. Uh, oh yeah, and line spacing is laid out in a way that is easy to read for a long time. Um, and so when we look at those, we can we can sort of take some things away from there. And again, maybe not exact numbers, but we can have a visual idea of how much space should be around the edge of the pages, how big the words should be or the letters should be, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and how the letters should be spaced <clears throat> out. And so I think that's a good way to sort of start and think, you know, what oh. is a basic layout and and what already works. Like we already know that. You know, novels are pretty typical. They're all the same, and they're doing something that works. It, there is value to not to in informational text to do things. I mean, we're not an industry that has a lot of that requires a lot of graphs and diagrams, but there's a reason why. Never mind. It's <laughs> gonna talk about. No, there diagrams. there is a reason why that we do have like a lot of stuff breaking that up, like a lot of pictures is mm -hmm. kind of common, but it doesn't have to be pictures. There has to be something to break up the monotony, like the rule of thumb that I found when I was researching it previously was every two page spread, there should be something of a distinctive element, like either a picture or even just so much as like a sidebar on at least one of every two page spread because otherwise it just clumps up into huge blocks of text and it actually gets hard to even look at yeah and this is because of the difference between technical writing and what a novel is <laughs> i don't I have an example of what you were saying catrice to, to, to reference if if people can would want to uh, look at a game that, that that falls prey to not doing that um, uh, Overlight, which is a really pretty game and has really good art design, um, does that in the middle of the book where it's uh, it's it, it it has these pages that are just page after page of um, uh, text with no art, and it's weird because the the book itself is really pretty, but but it, it makes the middle of the book like skippable, just a solid yeah. wall. Parts of it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I jumped the gun a little bit into, into saying things that we don't like, but it, it, it no, it, that's it, fine because I realized I yeah. formatted this wrong anyway. Because the proper place to start <laughs> is now that I've thought about it forty seconds. I'm sorry, always <laughs> done before, but now that I think about it, uh, the proper place to start is okay. What are the three? What are some goals that we're? What are the main goals that we're trying to establish with how we decide to do our formatting and our layout? The biggest one is readability and like get uh, basically making sure that you keep people's attention and they know where to find things. That's probably, I think we'll all agree that that's probably the big conveying information. No, is I don't okay, agree. So... Okay, you don't agree. Tell me why. I, I think, I think in any RPG, well, let's not say in any RPG, I think in. <clears throat> In, in 
a, a good number of RPGs, the primary goal of the layout is not to convey information, but it is to, in, in a successful layout, it is to sell the book and make it accessible rather than actually convey content. So I think the aesthetic considerations take precedence over the content considerations as far as being a book that is designed to be used. Like, oh, you know, a, a game that a game desires to be played. That, that's what a game is for. And to the extent that um, ugly books are not inviting is actually a disservice to the content. So I think, I think mm -hmm. in my opinion, the aesthetic concern takes precedence over the content because you can make really good content look really ugly and not usable. Like even if the content is really the information. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting point because I think it's it's weird for me to think of it that way because I, I would consider that like the content is what we're trying to really get across. Like that's what we're trying to put into the world is the game itself. Um, and I agree that in terms of a product, your layout is so important and that like there might be sacrifices in terms of all the stuff you want to say if it can't be packaged into a, a, a book. But I think... Um, I don't know. That's a that's a really interesting way of looking at like how how important it becomes in the end to be like this is a final product and I have sacrificed content for layout and aesthetics. Happens all the time. It does. I mean, it, 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 it's 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 a big problem in RPGs. I mean, you know, <clears throat> but but it, it it it's the primary concern in in a, in a published professional product. The aesthetics are central. Yeah. I can see the argument in that it's like, well, a book that somebody picks up, looks at, and is like, eh, not going to bother, is a game that never ends up getting played. So it's like, I mean, you have to reel them in in the first place, and you kind of have to do it for the whole book. But it's like, I don't know if I'd say it's the primary concern, because if there's nothing in the pages worth actually using then it doesn't matter if you capture their attention so I, i'd say they're they're equally important but yeah I, I i would agree that it is very important to at least get people to read it in the first place but i don't think i could say that it takes precedence over actual stuff to bother reading it depends on what your goals are if the goal is to make a really solid game, then no, it doesn't take precedence. If your goal is to make a really solid game that gets played more often than other games, then it does. Um, if your goal is just to make sales, then I guess it would also be pretty high up there. Uh, yeah, it, 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 yes, it is. It also it is also very, very, very effective <laughs> in making sales. It's a good thing I'm never trying to sell anything because I I don't think I I'm trying to think if I've have ever had anything resembling a visually interesting layout. Well, I mean, you can you can do a lot in layout. There's you know once you have the 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 words and. If the content's good, uh, the next step is to make the layout as good as the content. Yes. Um, so and, I think yeah. so that this doesn't become like a contention. Like I think we can say generalities. Like everyone intends on making their work readable. Um, that that is part of layout. You know, picking. You know, 
black on white is a good idea for making it readable, but you might have different options that sort of stray from that. Some are better than others, black, but unless you're colorblind, <laughs> right. red on black is really nice contrast normally, unless you're colorblind. But, but just in general, we can sort of take these as everyone will hit that basic like it's going to be readable and and uh um you know it's going to be i don't know we can sort of take that as a basic entry point without uh and then sort of picking our aesthetic beyond that is sort of the next thing so it's easy it, i think what rob is saying is correct but it's not at the typically at the expense of like readability um, I would say more often than not, is it, it is at the expense of readability, like making this that so, and I'm, I'm talking about books that <clears throat> what's a good example. Um, uh, like the fantasy flight Warhammer, uh, 40 K RPGs, uh, dark heresy and, and like all those, but those are, they, I, f I feel like they have a bigger fan base than the wrath and glory stuff primarily because of the aesthetics of the game i think you know a dead line that people are still playing as opposed to the new line that is shinier and slightly more polished i think the aesthetic of the the fantasy flight uh warhammer 40k rpgs were something they really nailed and both in like the book design the layout and um and the art i mean if you look at those those book layouts they're complicated and they're they're well done um but accessibility of information is clearly not the primary concern and yet they are they are far more popular than that would indicate Which is if, interesting if, I, I, sorry i'd almost think that like the cover and the art within it should be the thing that sells the like idea of the game and that your text needs to be so clear like i've been spending the last few days just going over my document being like how can i make sure that every word is important yeah but it, it, and I'm, I'm voicing what I hear on, what I've heard on forums and, and, and from people that the, the, the aesthetic of those, the, the Fantasy Flight 40K games was, was so evocative in its entire presentation, not just the art and the cover, but like the entire presentation was so good that it, it invited people to want to engage with the world, even if the, the rules themselves and, and, you know, having run that game and, and, and played it, like the rules are, are not stellar. They're yeah. complicated, you know, so, some parts of them. Yeah. And, and yeah. So they're I think not very good at conveying how they're supposed to work. Just to, mm -hmm. how you're supposed that to too. use them. Yeah. So it, it could be interesting to, if we wanted to, uh, I'm not sure that's was the intent of this, but to consider like a layout um, and design uh choices um 20 30 years ago when there was a very limited amount of different types of role-playing games on the market compared to now with uh, a way larger amount of role-playing games on the market and I, I wonder if those play into each other like there's potentially some things that just aren't done anymore um or are done way less uh maybe because of um the influence of indie games uh, overall, or maybe for other reasons. I mean, I feel I feel like I see more old layout stuff now than I ever used to. 
you know like i feel like i see like more retro layout stuff being done like where it's like two columns um justified text and like very minimal black and white art like i've seen books where that's that's the layout style and it's um it's reminiscent of like the first edition D and D hardcovers, uh, where it was very basic. The layout was very basic, and art was, you know, done in a in a in a paste up board. Uh, so it's, but I've seen that like in recent on recent products, like for sure. Like I've seen like examples of old school layout, or you know, d done specifically to evoke that feel. Um, which to me is more evidence that like the, 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 the aesthetic of the layout is more important to the, the getting the game played than the content is because I feel like OSR is, uh, you know, a big part of that is based on its aesthetic presentation. And so like the books are definitely part of that. And those books try to emulate the, um, the, the, those old layouts. And I think most of them do a pretty successful job. And I, part of that contributes to their success, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just trying to decide if it's worth uh, debating you more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It might be. I, I just mean, mean I, for the for the sake of the conversation. Uh, uh, moving forward. Yes, moving forward. Would I? Okay, so we have aesthetics important. Uh, uh, let's call the second one as accessibility. We have aesthetics, accessibility. What's a third thing that is important in layout? that we want to get into or or those or does everything reduce into those two categories um continuity maybe that might be separate from those it does somewhat fall into your choice actually to find continuity i think i know what you mean but you might as well get into it like um, what came to my mind specifically when I said it would be like working with uh, different artists who are trying to emulate a similar style. Um, so like that would be a continuity of artwork, but also, um, yeah, I guess that was the main thing, but just uh, continuity, like when you use a certain table style, you use it throughout the whole thing. And I guess something that can be, brought up is now I, I can't remember what the heck it's called but there's like a, a sheet of rules that you use which has all the information that you sort of carry through the whole the whole book uh and i can't remember what the heck they call those sheet of what style sheet yeah 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 um yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean continuity the way you're speaking of continuity that's part of the aesthetic decision like making consistent aesthetics is you know using the same kind of charts and using the same kind of like you don't want to be changing up you know the the color of your header text a whole bunch you know unless there's a really good reason for it um, yeah you know yeah it is i just i think okay, you feel. So, so my point there is if we can fit if we think we can comfortably fit everything in these two categories then we're going to that i want to go down I want to like get this discussion somewhat focused for reasons that are bizarre, and just go. We pick a category. We're going to talk about some major things in each of them, and just move through it that way. If that's acceptable for everyone, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure there wasn't a third major category that I'm thinking. But since the two primary categories are so broad, 
well, I think I might you know. toss out a third one. Um, mm-hmm. Just as I'm like th- considering it, it's layout is also important when you're considering um, the the actual print quality, like how e- easy it is to get your product um, manufactured. Because like there are certain considerations of even like if you have uh, I think the like I don't know when you do a print, you have a, a sheet of paper that's like folded and cut. Um, and there's like something like you can get like 108 uh, full-size pages. It's like a weird number of pages that fit within a normal printing size. Maybe I'm making that up, but it was something about like the, the types of uh, sheets that are commonly used to print material and that it's a multiple of something. I forget. It's less exactly. the case now. You can, yeah. get, you can get books of any length at this point. It's not... It used to yeah. be that you had to have a, it was a divide. Yeah, it was eight multiples of eight, right? Okay. Because it's front, back, front, back. And then. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? Yeah, you're right. There's weird things. And, and so um, I, I want to say medium, uh, but I'm not sure if this is part of accessibility. Like, and what I mean by medium is like book, but also um, a PDF or online in another format. Right. And uh, taking it yeah. to like e-readers and stuff that have a different mm-hmm. uh, aspect ratio of how you'd want to get the page. Uh, or like and people used to look at spreads. And use of other things. Exactly. Yeah. Hyperlinks used to look and at stuff. spreads in books. Right. And now it's very much like a column. So yeah. you can have a different layout for how you physically want your product to be represented? Um, well, on representation, I think aesthetic feel specifically might be its own category as well, because like there are definitely certain games that I've seen that just the way they set up the layout drastically changes the feel of just the game just looking at it and it's not part of like it's not part of finding the information available it's not part of anything like that it's just like i'm trying to remember the name of one of the games it's one of the smunchy games where he's got like basically fairly narrow text dirt in the middle of it like there's a lot of white space on the sides but it's all done really beautifully with like all these elaborate drawings on the sides and such but it's like parslings yeah yeah it's parslings yeah thanks i was trying to remember the name of it and i couldn't for some reason (laughs) but yeah in the parslings rpg it's like the feel of it it definitely gives this some reason just looking at it gives it almost a feel of being not rigidly structured it's more it gives you more of the feeling of like a powered by the apocalypse game kind of feel like this is more story based we're not going to be too heavy on the mechanical elements of the game just looking at it. That is that's probably under the subcategory of aesthetics. Like feel and style are definitely in there, I feel. That's not wrong. I guess. 
suppose it could be filed under there? I don't know. It just yeah, yeah, it almost seems like it's large enough that it should be set. Yeah. I guess in a lot of cases, a feel is developed between the words that are used and like the choice of words, which, and also like how would it, the design and things like it, it takes things from both basically, but overall it is an aesthetic choice and to have a consistent design style, I feel, but that could be wrong and you can argue against me all you want. It does affect the content. I wouldn't say it doesn't affect content. You know, <clears throat> style choices, depending on. No, I mean, the well, perception what affects you... reality. Yeah, like, but I, well, you, okay, it's but... not. Pers- no, I, I, all I was gonna. All the only point I wanted to make was that that um, that the content you include is an aesthetic choice. You know, anytime you put in a, a rule or a directive or a paragraph or something like that, you're making an aesthetic choice about what you want to present. And so, and, and what you want your game experience to be, right? So, like, the, definitely the content shapes that for sure. It shapes those aesthetics. And and I think the more the more tuned in game designers are to um, the overall user experience of the game from the book to the session, I think the more those are unified aesthetically, the better off the game is in general. Uh, like the games that I think most of us enjoy the most typically have a, a pretty small gap between like what the book sort of trains you to expect the game is going to be and what the game actually is. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was kind of like what I was going to get at is, you know, the whole thing of perception is reality isn't exactly true, but it does shape what you tend to expect from reality it's like in a restaurant like they know that the presentation of the food if it looks pretty it'll actually taste better like cool it's thing not taste better yeah yeah for sure it it doesn't actually change the flavor but it does change your mindset so that you're more looking at something like i am going to enjoy this so you do so there is something actually purely emotional in there that it doesn't really matter, but in practice, it actually does. I mean, are you saying <clears throat> that the subjective experience of that person uh, interacting with that thing matters more to that person than the shared objective reality they may describe to somebody else? No, I mean it more in the sense that, like, if somebody looks at a game and it's just the way the the book is set up, like the layout is all nice and crisp and clean, methodical, it, it's almost clinical, everything's very sharp edges and controlled that way, as opposed to something more like, say, um... A white wolf book like basically any of the world of darkness books are they're very they're very loose like the they almost look kind of dirty the way they're they're constructed like it gives a very different feel of what you're expecting to get out of them just by the way that they have like the artwork bleeds off at 
the edges and it's not just a clear clean like photograph kind of thing it's not framed it, it bleeds into the text almost and that does change what you start to expect like if you're expecting the world to be dark then they do a very good job of making it feel dark and gritty and like but if you had like a very clinically precise book and everything was neatly framed i think it would actually change like how people view it as sort of horror-esque like they are very uh dark games for the most part and if you made it too clean i think it would actually make people not get that same sense of you know darkness to it so are are you saying that um that the aesthetics make help support the content in that way in a way yeah like it's altering how you interpret the content that's actually there like it's not just aiding it it's 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 fundamentally altering your mindset when you're looking at it to actually alter how you perceive it as it like what the actual content has i think i agree with that yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I, and you know that's interesting that you bring that up because i i feel like the the evidence for that is that people remember the world of darkness books as being very fluffy despite the fact that they have some of the most crunchy rule sets in in all rpgs like there there's you know yeah. they, crunchy they're crunchy yeah. games like second edition third edition vampire is like a lot of powers a lot of rules there's a yeah i think part of that too is that such how much of the word count is fluff like you look at a world of darkness book like vampire ones and it's like i looked through mage or something and it's like i was using it for an example once and it was like okay when's the first time you hear reference of a rule and it's like page 26 like before that it's like a bunch of short stories basically and it's like okay when's the first time that you actually see a hard like rule with like a table and numbers and it's like page 90 something <laughs> yeah 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 i mean that's definitely on purpose and i think that contributed a lot to their popularity uh you know in, in stark contrast to <clears throat> all the games that were out in the 90s um and, yeah. and the late 80s um because even like shadowrun which which is a it focuses a lot on aesthetics even the books for those were not as quite like you can imagine a more evocative cyberpunk book than the first couple of editions of Shadowrun is what I'm, I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. And I feel like world, world of darkness really like the second, the first edition of vampire, not as much, but like second edition, they really were like, let's turn the art all the way up to 11 type thing. I think made a huge difference for them. I think that was one of the things that led to them overtaking TSR in the in the nineties, a little while at least. And I think we've learned a lot in terms of delivering um, quality aesthetic in the layout of things that are so linked to, um, con like I don't know. Uh, it's not just the focus of content. Like it's not like writing a book. You really want to sell a world, an image. Uh, it's an experience. Exactly. Yeah. 
and and you're trying to appeal to a different sense in a way by looking at um, the page for something beyond just what's written on it, but really is part of the world that you're delving into. Um, well, that actually leads into a question that I have to ask, mm-hmm. which is, well, you said it's like a lot of the time you're building like up a world and such. It's like if you have a game that's mostly just setting agnostic, like, okay, what are you trying to sell then? Like, should you be using like a different kind of set of layout and everything that changes the feel of like what you're getting? Like, do you just list it as here's a set of rules or do you set it as here's the kind of world I picture that you're going to play it in or how would you handle it? Yeah. Um, and I think there are different approaches. Uh, I know like the GURPS style is that there's just a smattering of different images that try to give you something that kind of evokes something that you might be interested in. And for, for me with Praxis, I've tried to go more general. I'm trying to get at the, the concept of like, what is Praxis about and how do I make sure that that is communicated in the, the aesthetic, the design. So it's more about the individual, the person um, trying to build up this fact that like you're making decisions that's changing who you are. So that's influencing the art. And that's something I want to come get across in the way that I'm uh, presenting the document as well, that it's um, Mm. like the elements physically in the game are cards and that becomes part of the aesthetic of the actual book um, layout. But also I want to use some of the um, concepts of what your character would be doing um how they would be i don't know approaching um different situations and trying to use that as understanding the game book i'm i'm trying to go more broad i guess is the answer trying to encompass um uh what i think every game experience is going to have as opposed to having a smattering of different individual elements that i think like one game might have Pirates, so I'm going to put a picture of pirates in here. Another game will have aliens, so we'll put aliens, uh, if that makes sense. No, it does. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at games like, uh, I'd put up an example, uh, Dialect, in the chat, which uh, is another game that I think is a fairly, um, like, really well-done layout. Um, it's very crisp, it's very clean but it still comes across that the important is language. There's such a huge focus on the lettering that they're using, the different fonts, and they cycle through a bunch of different fonts throughout the art sections, Um, but they keep the actual text very clean and crisp. And Mm -hmm. I still think that that aspect really gets across that this is a game about words. Um, And, uh, I mean, you can flip through it, but every piece of art I feel has um, a very unique way of presenting the words that they're using. It's just great. It's so well done. Mm -hmm. The whole book is just so, so worth looking at for any Mm -hmm. designer because it does it. it, One of the things that it it could really teach somebody is how effective white space can be in mm-hmm. getting a point across because it's it's it, uh, so many of his pages are laid out so starkly that they and sometimes and the book's small like physically it's not that big of a 
book. I think it's a six by nine or yeah, maybe even smaller than I that. I think that's right. Yeah. And um, what's interesting about it is usually it only talks about or breaks down one concept per page and sometimes even one concept per spread. So it's mm -hmm. the game itself is fairly simple, but it uses page space very effectively by isolating rules. And so it makes it, it seems like a very easy game to pick up because for that reason, because, because it just invites, it looks like it's easy to interact with. It doesn't look like your standard RPG of like, here's a buttload of charts and you know, here's a ton of classes you have to know. And here's a big list of spells. It's, it's got this a very, I mean, part partially that's because of its content that it's, that's a game about not individual characters so much in their abilities, but you know, a language that grows and dies in, in a society. Mm -hmm. And the, the, but, but the, but the white space layout is so effective at making it an inviting game and making you want to play. It makes me want to play it just to look at it. You know, there's something odd I've noticed about white space as well is that the more white space there seems to be, the more friendly it appears in some ways, but it's also the more soft the game's mechanics feel like they'll be. Like if you have a lot of white space on a page, it just feels like this this game is not going to be very intensive on, you know, hard rules. Right. Whether that's the case or not seems to be irrelevant. Um, no, I think that's I think that's a fairly I mean, it feels like a good rule of thumb at least. Um because like, you know, <clears throat> the books that tend to have pretty dense content tend to use a lot of that density to convey um rules or um or mechanical content like lists of armor weapons take, take list of whatever is in the game world that you need to you need to have the game function but it's uh i don't know i think that's a fair expectation if you're seeing a book with a lot of white space it's probably fairly easy to to learn and play i would say yeah i think i i think they're attempting to be easy to learn and play but they're definitely almost always easier to read um i don't know in my in my opinion the books that i can that come to mind that specifically that in, ha, tend to have white space and it's it's just like making that choice to move to the next page instead of like cram the last two paragraphs onto that page typically hmm. like personally i actually avoid doing that myself like i actually prefer jamming book, well not jamming stuff in but in the sense of not using a ton of white space and like it almost comes across as more professional to me yeah like professional isn't the correct term more I don't know how else to describe it. It's not professional is not the right term, but it definitely childish. So when I was um, eight years old or something like that, however old you are in grade three, I remember reading my first quote novel <laughs> and it was just like, a, I don't know, just something without pictures. And uh, it, it was just really easy to read, you know, but the 
font was relatively like I've looked back at the book, you know, as an adult and the font was relatively big. The lines were spaced and there was, you know, lots of half pages, you know, between chapters and stuff like that. Um, And, but all those things like made it really easy to read. Uh, But it also felt really powerful as a, as a kid reading that book um, because it was something that was, you know, supposed to be, more difficult um i've heard people say things specifically about books that are like oh it was so easy to read and and not for everyone but for a a fair amount of people that's um not just important but it actually feels good to like power through a book there are some things i found in regards to that like in particular one of the favorite novels that i've read is alien harvest it's like a 400 page book but each of the chapters is usually only like two to four pages long there's actually some chapters that are like one page and it's because every time it changes like a time skip anytime it changes between character perspective anytime there's like a change of scenery it just goes to a completely new chapter but the thing is like i found it really easy to read in the sense that oh well i can just finish this chapter it's only like three pages so it made it feel like you could just breeze through it and i'm sure that probably applies to you know how you write a game book as well somehow i'm just not entirely sure how that that's an interesting idea shorter chapters make something more accessible i don't oh yeah i don't think it's entirely as transferable but as the person who has three million subheadings and all their it it, as part of their writing format for rpgs i do find it helpful so i don't know if i'm so maybe i'm wrong here (laughs) (laughs) i think it's pretty common you you want to break it up and then it's easier to spread out too if you have like one large heading and then you have three pages of text then you're you're doing yourself a disservice because now you have to find a way to flow the information effectively. But if you can take that three, same three pages and then chunk it, then you can now um, display them a little bit more focused. Like you can dedicate the space of a book to just highlight each individual section of that uh, of your game. Like like we were saying about dialect or other books where it's just like. This is the dedicated thing about, um, I don't know, this one uh, safety mechanic that we have in the game, and that that is taking up a page by itself. Um, Or character death is just its own page. Um, And while it could be tacked into something else, just having it isolated means that it becomes an easy point of reference. You're able to focus in and focus out if you are flipping through the book or if you're trying to get a good grasp of the game mechanics um and the chunks help you determine how important certain bits of information are so makes a difference i agree with that yeah there's something about like you know if if a mechanic has a chapter dedicated to it then you know it's important right so Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense at least you hope it is (laughs) okay fair point yeah (laughs) One, one would hope one would hope if there's a chapter dedicated in the book to to a particular mechanic you would hope it's a central mechanic and not like some 
so this is largely like we're really diving into the realm of accessibility yeah. in this sense, right? Where we're talking about like not the style of our words necessarily, but the sort of the placement of our words and the separation from the other words. Uh, in the sense of uh, explain a little bit. Just like, well, I, I was just sort of because we're talking a lot about aesthetics, but this is more like a accessibility thing where we're like, it makes it more accessible to, you know, potentially limit uh, paragraphs or, or limit chapters or uh, folk have like a bigger focus on, you know, on a, on a certain thing um, by giving itself its own chapter. Uh, that's a, an accessibility trick, isn't it? Or am I misunderstanding? <laughs> No, yeah. no, I think that's right. I think that yeah. I think it it it's not I, uh, to me when I hear when I hear the word accessibility, I don't necessarily mean ease of use, but that is definitely accessibility for sure. I mean, yeah. when I think when I hear accessibility, I mean like you know um, taking into account like uh, uh, dyslexic readers or something like that. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's that's how I mean it. Like, is this book available? I mean, small font can make a book unaccessible, inaccessible for people. You know. So yeah. like you definitely want to consider like I you know I had ashes in a 10 point font for a, for a while uh and it was clear to me at some point everybody who had read opened the PDF was like I think it's a little too small and I was like no nah, that's fine for a, a minute and then I was like no you're you everybody's probably right I, I cannot be the only it's clearly better to read at an 11 point font <clears throat> than than 10, you know, but it, it was just the kind of thing where I was like resisting it. Cause I was like, I have to do redo the whole fucking layout. If I change it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. ultimately, ultimately that's what I did. So, yeah, I, was, I think I was, for, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're two columns still or not, but I think for like, that's like a, a more pleasing and like way better print option than it is a, a PDF option. Unfortunately. Uh, you mean, you mean two, having two column layout is not great for PDFs. No, it's not. No. Um, Unfortunately, not. But that means, like, if you're going to do a PDF, it should probably be a completely separate one, like, separate <laughs> file that you're working on from others. People are doing yeah. that now. Yeah, some are, yeah. I even seen some uh, layout for phones and stuff, which is, like, that's drive through thing right now. Yeah. Uh, I think my layout, or the one game I have, did it. It's fine for a tablet or a phone, right? Like it's, it's, yeah, it's five, because, by, five by eight. Because yeah, the official the official print releases, uh, half size pages or something. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, five by eight. So it 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 completely works for it. But if you're using eight and a half by eleven, then you have to definitely consider like whether you care or not. Well, there's also another thing to keep in mind is horizontal versus vertical layout. Like if you're working with a PDF, like keep in mind most people, if they're using their computer, it's widescreen. Wide being the key word there, not tall screen. Yeah, I just picture people playing and uh, it's always, almost always uh, tablets, right? So... If if they're using yeah, you PDFs, can like you can during tilt play. it. It's not a big yeah. deal on a tablet, yeah. but I have yeah. seen people use a computer before. Yeah, yeah. But, um, 
yeah, this these pictures I took are from Workborg and and um they're almost an antithesis in layout to uh um a dialect. Although right. they're very consistent in their inconsistencies. Exactly. I think it still um, sells the image of the game. Yeah. And they I didn't I thought I I might have took the picture but didn't post it, but there's one like an image with a, a body with like different weapons stabbed through it um like a sword a dagger a club and like an uh an axe and all these different things and the body is just riddled with these weapons through it and um and then beside each one it's like the damage so it's like d8 d6 d4 whatever right so it's kind of like a really interesting way of of portraying like it it's a in any other book, it's a chart. Um, yeah, it's a very odd brand chart, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't. I think this. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think this this yeah uh, yellow bo- body here is an example of the same thing. Um, although I don't know the details of it. Uh, but yeah, now just flipping through, it's like it's got like foil pages in some places. It's got like. Uh, gloss pages it has like the the flat paper uh like the the cream colored paper so it's just such a weird interesting mix um that it's definitely whether the game is good or not is almost secondary at least to the to my desire to to read through the whole thing yeah this is the kind of thing where like if you're a good enough if you have a command of layout and art and aesthetics and yep. <clears throat> all of this stuff you can make a book that breaks all the rules and still looks good mm-hmm. um uh-huh. like yeah absolutely and i couldn't do this like this is an example of something that would be impossible for me to do uh, no i i do layout and i couldn't do this this is like this yeah. is a whole lot of work that is like you know a, a lot of effort was put into making this more making more work look the way it looks because there's so many choices per page um that you couldn't like the aesthetics of this book are 100 percent the focus like yeah yeah you know, and you bought it by your mission basically for that alone yeah yeah pretty much i i mean i'm sure i read the thing and i was like oh you know as much of a game that i play as another right and so but uh, yeah. i think i think it's I could be wrong, but I think it does lean towards the OSR. Uh, it's definitely uh, kind of like a rules light, as like you know, sort of the a lot of the OSRs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I remember somebody. Oh shit! I don't remember where this was. I think somebody compared it to the Black Hack pretty favorably. Like it's it's similar in some ways to the Black Hack or or, or something like that. Or something like maze rats. I'm, I, I don't remember where I saw yeah. this, but it, I it think feels, so. And yeah, it it's definitely maybe like uh, the maze rats. It's very basic. Um, there's like weapon. Like I'm looking at the sheet, and it's just like name, description, class, powers, uh, and then weapon and equipment. Like it's. Uh, and armor yeah but the sheet is like a half page and like big spaces and so the the character sheet is yeah super simple sense yeah 
Although that's not necessarily an indication because character sheets, depending on the game, but that's a whole other discussion is character sheet layout because depending on the game, like that's not all the stuff you, yeah, not all the stuff you would want on a character sheet ends up on having space on a character sheet from particularly the official sheets. I don't know why official character sheets tend to be so egregious in this regard, but, but they end up, um, the one that hit me the other day I was looking at, um, uh, what's it called? Forbidden lands. Uh, cause uh, a friend of mine was, was telling me that he'd be interested in playing it. And so I was looking for the rule book and looking at the character sheet and the character sheet in the rule book, there's these things called talents and talents are like feats in the third edition. Right. So they're like things they give you a little, uh, a bonus, uh, on a, on a particular action or skill. And, uh, each, each talent has three ranks and each of the three ranks does something different. And so, but the space for talents on the character sheet is one short line. Like it's tiny. Like you can write the name of the talent down and maybe the rank and that's it. And like, you'd need at least three, you'd need at least one more line to just say what the thing does because it's not always obvious what the function is of a talent. And it's, I don't, it's so strange how it feels like a lot of character sheets aren't used in playtesting. Like the playtest happens and then then the character sheet gets made and those people don't talk to each other that much. So maybe, I don't know, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm only saying that to say maybe the game is more complicated than it seems based on the character sheet because right. I find that that's often the case. Yeah, I, d I don't disagree. They're... Character sheets can a big be a big pain, and every edition of D and D goes through has some sort of issue like this. Like everyone redoes their D and D character sheets because it's like, eh, it's just not for me, not working for me. I mean, I I did that in third edition and fourth and fifth, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just typical. Like that's just what people do. To be seems to be the case, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that the character sheet? Yeah, the bottom one. I didn't mean to put that second one up again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So actually, there's a few more things on there, but it's yeah, pretty basic. I, it's yeah. pretty basic. Yeah. And this is um, another interesting thing. It's a, uh, f uh, a pad of character sheets, which I think I had a 2E pad of character sheets way back in the day. And I just love it. <laughs> I mean, you'll run out of them and whatever, but just for the the whole package altogether, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I always struggled with that because I I I like the aesthetic feel of like those that pad of character sheets, but like I have several of those that I have never touched, even for games I've played. Because I'm like, oh, these are the pretty sheets. I'm going to use them for a special character, and I never do. But I don't know. They're they're still pretty. Appreciate them. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how much space is dedicated to what in um, these kinds of layout projects because you really need to focus in on um, how is this going to be used. Like just looking at the Morkborg one that was posted, the first thing that your eye is drawn to is the center. It's like white and yellow flame basically all around it. There's a giant skull in the middle that says hit points and then your attributes. So those look like the biggest 
aspects that you will need to look at if you look down from your like you're, you're looking at all the players and then you have to look down to your character sheet this is the stuff that will stand out and that tells me that that is the most used part of the game and then on either side there are all the details um so this is the same kind of stuff that like layout is so critical for usability of your um your product and if you have character sheets these are good examples of what to look for is just like look away then look down at your character sheet what is your eye drawn to what does that tell you about how you're proceeding with delivering content and information to the players yeah absolutely um i mean i think you can't discount that there's learning that happens uh, if people commit to playing your game uh, then they'll learn to use the game as it stands um, for uh, in you know for the most part like we just talked about there's many people who decide to make their own character sheets but but often we just sort of um, if we buy in then we take what it is and we use it as it is and grumble along I think there's at a certain point like layout's always important but at a certain point when someone's committed to the game um put up with any of the shitty work you did matters way less <laughs> uh, fortunately yeah <clears throat> uh, i'm always fascinated to like be figure like i'm i'm so curious to learn like what the most hated part of ashes is going to be <laughs> like, i'm just so curious like everybody's like oh that fucking sucks and i'm like wow really that thing okay weird yeah you know I'm sure it'll be something well, though, that I completely don't expect, but we'll know in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, it's probably something that like everyone will find their own aspects that they appreciate and that they don't. Like, no, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those things where that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about this weird thing that's universally just like kind of low key, but not enough that it actually keeps people from playing the game. I'm not sure. Is that correct? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, it's just like, you know, like, you know, people get like, why, how come D&D's armor just prevents damage and doesn't reduce it? Kind of shit. Yeah, it, right. it, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it, yeah, it, right. But I'm I always... pretty sure that's a holdover from it being a war game and war games, there is very, very little in the way of damage reduction. But it's also like, it is weird, but it's intuitive one way, but it's also intuitive the other. Like, what I mean is, um, if an arrow hits me, but glances off of because I'm wearing a breastplate, like it's legit, like zero, right? But I mean, I'm not saying an arrow can't go through breastplate, but if if that's what literally happens, then you could imagine a it's was deflected by the armor or a shield. It was deflected by the shield, so it became zero. Um, and you could have a powerful weapon deflected by a shield and made from something to nothing. But on the other hand, you know, if the arrow, for example, goes through the the breastplate, um, it could still save your life, but you still took damage. So that would be like a good indication of damage reduction. It depends on the type of armor and the type of weapon. Like, well, yeah. So this is the thing where it's like you're just sort of doing it to be. You know, but if it's consistent, like, more than if anything. it's like chainmail, 
and you get hit with a sword. Like, Gmail's probably going to prevent the sword from cutting you, but it's still going to hurt like hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the. Not, but it. it a a yeah. lot of the absorption of chainmail is because it's heavy. Yeah. I mean, we just did the. Uh, flail forward thing, and we just we were totally off topic now. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Woo! But I but tried, I, I, I really to do yeah, uh, try to look structure, but realized that that was a fool's errand, and it brought in the conversation, <laughs> so it was valid. Well, we want to cover like layout again. Um, I want to say before I forget that I really hated the layout in uh, Anima Beyond Fantasy. It's like one of my favorite games, but oh, that book. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Do you want to go into the details of why you didn't like the layout? More than anything, it was a choice of where they put information. There is nowhere in that book where all of your stats are listed in the same spot ever. Like, not even what a single stat or attribute actually does is listed in one spot. So they chose to put things like, it's not entirely layout, but they chose to put things like information about what intelligence, I think they use intelligence. I can't even remember off the top of my head now. I don't have the sheet in front of me, but like your casting abilities are split up so like it'll tell you oh this stat does this for psionics so if you look at the psionic section if you look into the magic section it'll list what that stat does for magic there's nowhere in the book where you can find what that stat does for both of them which makes it really awkward trying to figure out what your stats even do. I can see how that would be an issue. Yeah, it means you're constantly, like, searching all over the book. Like, there's no... It doesn't have, like, a table that's like, okay, this is where the stats are, this is where they do. It just kind of haphazardly throws them randomly about in each of the different sections. And they're usually listed in a paragraph, not even just like, this is a sidebar and yeah, this is what your stats do. It's no, it's like in the middle of a paragraph. And it's like, never ever do this for your game ever. <laughs> anyway, that's, I just had to say that. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the one of the bugbears for sure. Um, is the 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 see, but that's one of those times when I think probably aesthetics trumped any kind of content considerations because that that book is pretty. Oh, it is. It's also really hard to use. I know what you're talking about because I tried. I because I remember when the first time you mentioned it to me, I was like. I remember seeing that somewhere and picking it up and going like, ooh, that's probably not for me. But I went back and looked at it again after you said it was one of your one of the games that you really enjoyed. And I was like, wow, this looks like it's really hard to play. Like I was trying to make a character and I was like, wow, I there's so many choices in, in for a character. And it's 
that's the weird thing is it's easy to play. It's one of the easiest games to play I've seen. It's just trying trying to play it without having somebody who has played it before is damn near impossible. If you do have somebody who knows how to play it already, it's actually surprisingly easy. But does that mean I was correct in that, like, looking at the book, the impression I got from looking at the book was like, this looks incredibly challenging to get started? Yeah, it, okay. it is really challenging to start off. Once you know how everything works, it is amazingly simple. It is so It is so much easier to run than even something like D&D. It's just, like, even 5th edition D&D is more complicated. Really? Yeah, it's oh. just... Trying to figure out what you're supposed to do in any given situation is really messy, but once you know, it's actually really simple to implement it. Like, for example, all of your combat is, like, if you're doing a melee attack, it's a single roll. There you go. It's like, that's really nice i really appreciate that unfortunately you have to have a table pulled out but you basically roll one number and you reference the table it covers everything from armor to weapons to attack power to dodging everything is on a single table and it's like you roll the number and then you consult the table you're done that's it it solves everything and it's really it's an awkward thing to do at first but once you're used to it it's you as soon as you roll your dice you already know where on the table to look like your entire turn can take like 10 seconds it's weird <laughs> it's like this looks so complicated and then it's like what how did they okay it's interesting because almost because like <laughs> apocalypse world almost has this, the the opposite problem where apocalypse world for me, it was like, this looks really simple to run. And then when I actually tried to run something like Dungeon World, it actually, it was more complicated than it looked. Because there's, yeah. <laughs> there, there's substructure underneath it that you're supposed to be using, but it's not super obvious when that gets pulled up from the substructure and into the, like the game as such. You know, if, if you're not used to it, I mean. Yeah, I think... Um... <clears throat> I've never ran either of those games, Apocalypse World or Dungeon World, but I think that it, I think when I see people who run it, who know it, it's like, wow, this seems to be like really intuitive for you. And the way you run it makes it really intuitive for me as a player. But, but there is definitely something that's, it's not, it's the entry point isn't straightforward. Yeah. And but this but but even though that's I agree that that's the case, but the books make it look easier than that entry point would seems to be mm -hmm. for most people, or at least that's the impression I got from when when I read the Dungeon World book. That was the first Apocalypse World game that I tried to run, um, or I did run, um, and I was like, oh, I think I can. This looks pretty easy. This is a new system for me, but like it doesn't feel like the bar to entry that is that high. But in actually getting the game to function, it wasn't super obvious about what assumptions I had to discard from previous games for the game to work. Yeah. And so in that way, 
well, uh, what I was going to say is in, in that way, it, it, it um, fooled you. Yeah, it fooled gotcha. me. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it, it looked easier. Like the aesthetics convinced me it was a easier game to run than I thought it was going to be. But it wasn't because the game was necessarily hard, but it was, it just didn't, it wasn't clear. Hmm, how do I phrase this better? It wasn't clear that the things that were missing that I was expecting were going to affect my ability to run the game as much as I thought they were. Like, not having an initiative was like, okay, I'm not exactly sure what to do with this. You know? That is something that, about anime again, is that they really could have used to put this at the very front of the book is that even though it uses a d100 it is not percentiles they apparently just assume that nobody's going to think of it as percentiles i didn't have any problem with that but a lot of people i've played with it have found that they just try to they see a out of 100 and they assume that it's percentage based and it's not and if you think of it as percentage based it's going to be very weird trying to get it to do anything interesting because i would have thought of it as percentage based too just just no, reading it yeah that's weird no it just the only it's basically like d20 or whatever it's just the only reason they set it to a d100 is larger um larger right. resolution basically okay Bigger number. yeah yeah well they were able to do more fine-tuned number adjustments like oh, something Something in D D that's like plus one. If plus one is too big of a number, you can't go any lower in D D. They can go to a three instead of a five. That's all it's used for. Just more granularity then. Yeah. Oh. It's purely just more granularity. But they don't say that anywhere, so most people look at it, see a D100, they assume percentiles. So I, I think that's something that I don't even know if you can, I don't think that's considered layout, but it's something that you'd have to put at the start of the book if you're doing something like that, is make that information very clear and important at the start of it. Yeah, I think oh. the choice of how to, present the information is really important and especially if like i know there's so many books that have these sections that are like uh, if you've never played a role-playing game before this is how you would do it um and even that kind of information is important to consider okay do i want to devote a chapter to this is this like a little call out box that i'm going to say like this is what a gm is um or how, how do you want to wonder it? if you should have a section for like Okay, if you've played D and D before, here's the list of bad habits you have to ditch. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst idea ever. Yeah, and and oh. the right book and theme would have that, and it would work really well. Yeah, I actually think that there are some books where that would be more useful than uh, have you ever played a role playing game before. Right. Yeah, it's almost like there are some things you're going to assume based on previous games you've played. Um, 
This is not a Powered by the Apocalypse game. This is not a D&D game. It might look superficially like a D&D game. It is not. If you try to play it like a D&D game, it will not work. <laughs> is, not have you actually read that section of your book, or are you just contemplating I'm, it constantly? I am seriously debating whether I should have that <laughs> in there. Sounds like I, you're already writing it in your head. Yeah, I, I mean, you could write it think, for catharsis. But... Do you want my opinion? I legitimately think in your particular case you should actually have that section. <laughs> to the ideals of your game. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Maybe. I think I, some. I don't want to reference DD specifically or any specific games, but it's like it might be needed. I think we all try to write an introduction or something that says this is what the game is while avoiding saying what it's not yet sometimes it's so useful just when you're describing a game to say it's not something uh so yeah i yeah. get the, the, that urge yeah in this particular case i might need to do that just because superficially it does look like dnd at first glance because it uses a d20 and a few other things like that there's little things that at first glance you would assume oh this is basically like playing DD, right and it's like no if you try to play it like DD, you're gonna have a bad time you're gonna have a very bad time is there a way that you can get that to players like within the game is that i mean are you accounting for the fact that 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 people may be using the game wrong is there is there is there a guardrail against that? I, mean, I I feel like your the incentives you set up are fairly straightforward. So I don't I don't know. Okay, so it might have changed since I last read it, but if people actually read the game, there is a guardrail against it. That is a big if. If people just assume they know because they they're looking at it they will do it wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Oh, you mean the rules? The guardrails for this fucking game are the rules. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that if I'm going to put it in, it's probably going to be in the GM section rather than... At no, it should be player-facing. Should be? I'm 100%... Like, you can disagree with me and you can be... And I might be wrong, but there definitely should be a player-facing... Don't... Frame your actions as if you were doing a D&D action, because that will cause you to frame all your actions wrong, and there needs to be some direct call out of that at some point. I don't know how you will read it. I mean, that is reasonable. My hesitancy on that is it's more of an issue that I if anybody is going to read the book, it's going to be the GM. And putting, and the GM tends to skim over the player section. And that does concern me because the one that needs to hurt people a little bit, like just not a lot, but to, you know, make sure that everybody's on the same page, that's the one I'm most concerned about knowing it. So it's, I don't know. Mm. 
Yeah, because I guess there's a lot of people who are going to just take their style of running things and apply it to this. If the GM is trying to run your game as D&D, &D, that's going to cause a lot more problems than if a player is trying to run, play your game as D&D <clears throat> in the long run. Yeah. And, that's a good point. And, yeah. And that is my biggest concern there, is if you try to turn this into D&D, it's not going to work. I know it's not going to work. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because it's like, D&D is the game that can do anything. And it's like, yeah, but it, this is not D&D. And it can actually do more than D&D can, but it can't do D&D very well. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> uh, I know we're really off topic, but your game could... Theoretically, what D&D tries to do, you could probably accomplish the same type of task in your system fairly well. Although it, you, it would be very bad for playing weird murder homos who are afraid of everything and are really cautious. So it's definitely not an OSR-style D&D game, but... Mm, okay, I could see that. It is definitely a game where you could legitimately run it as... Uh, run into this dangerous area of face try to acquire this the try to acquire this fancy thing. Yeah. That that's definitely something within its capacity. Yeah. Yep. Alright, well anyway, um yeah. Yeah, we're extremely off topic. Which is normal, but Yeah, it's normal. Okay. I, I feel a little weirded out that even Kavar is not holding us back. <laughs> yes. I know. I, I, I like tried to do format at the beginning of the just like, you know what? This is a good discussion. Let's like kill it. Uh, anyway. You were the chosen one. Do anybody have anything specific that they want to focus on, or should I try to get us to a um, coherent stream and ending? Let's see. I don't have any just to, if we're, this is a, ostensibly something someone else will listen to. You got any tips or anything off the top of your head regarding layout? No, there's something I want to do before we close up. I uh, want us to do something that we very rarely do. We're going to do a, a summary of, okay, let's just go down things to consider in the categories of readability and things to consider in the categories of aesthetics. I, just, I really do think that is legitimately th something we should just address as a block that we should talk okay. about. Sure. Yep. Re readability. Um, for PDF, use uh, sans serif fonts if you're reading, you're doing digital. If you're if you're exporting digital, generally you want to use sans serif, and if you want to use go to print, then you generally want to use a serif font, and you want to make those your text font, your main body text font, <clears throat> easy to read as possible. Don't go fancy. Another thing for PDF, since you're on it, uh, one that I only actually just learned about a couple days ago, if you're doing it on a PDF, in between paragraphs, add like a break line, because it's much harder to focus on larger blocks of text on a PDF. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's just an issue with computer screen, like the way they the person was describing it was it's not that difficult with like a novel or an e-reader because you can actually move it around pretty easily if it's going to be on a computer screen it's kind of static like you don't 
move your monitor a lot. You don't move your head in relation to your monitor a lot. So, yeah. Some stuff that I would say, um, do not skimp on white space. Make a longer document, but make sure that it's legible. Um, really, like, feel free to take up as much space as you need to. to sell the point that you're trying to make with each paragraph. Um, I, I like rule of thumb, I think, is your paragraphs themselves shouldn't be more than like five or six lines long before you should really break it into a separate section. Uh, I mean, there are exceptions, but I think that's kind of uh, a nice look too to the, the size of a single chunk of text. Um, What's that? One paragraph lasts five or six pages? Got it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there are different schools of thought, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's normal people in Catrice, really. Is what we're saying. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna quickly say indexing. Consider it. Make sure you yeah. have good indexing. Indexing is literally the most important thing for readability in an RPG. And do you want me to go into a bit more detail on why I think these things? Yes, please do. Okay, so 90% of the time when people are going to be interacting with your book, they're going to be looking up something specific or referencing a table that's important to what they're doing in the moment. The faster and easier they can find that specific thing rule that they are looking for, the better it is for using at the table. Mm-hmm. That is, so, that is what I mean by indexing. <laughs> it, it covers things like making sure that you have frequent headers and frequent and clear headers, and yeah, and as well as literal as well as literal indexing. Yeah, yeah, that's it, it's a legit a good thing that you should have. <laughs> I don't, but you should have. <laughs> yeah, just like. This is just like a layout thing that doesn't apply to a lot of other media, but this is how people are going to be interacting with your thing. Like they're going to read it once, maybe, as an actual full thing, but yeah. they're going to be skimming through it for something specific a lot more often. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he keeps. It's helpful to remember that we're <laughs> it, as much as this is uh, an artifact of of you know expression and art and a, a game. It's also a reference book and a, you know almost a textbook for how to run your game properly, mm. and yeah. maybe and functionality falls under uh, accessibility concerns, or maybe but it falls under. I would say it's like, not sure. What were you going to say? Um, yeah. What I, I was going to say is in relation to the indexing, is like I did this in my book was. Along the very edge of each page, there's like a very small color band that you won't really notice if you're just looking at the book. But if you had printed off the book and you were flip, you were looking at the pages, you know, as if it was like the opposite of the spine of the book, then each chapter is color coded on a different Thing, so you'd actually be able to see which chapter you were going to uh, thumb to just by looking at it. Well, your book requires a lot of coloring uh, if you want to print it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's, 
it's nice that when I go to print it for eventually for, you know, a printed copy, it'll be a nice little benefit. It's kind of similar to like, you know, those, the old, or uh, whatchamacallit, um, dictionaries or encyclopedias where they have like the, the letter yeah. on it and then it actually has like a little indent on the page. I'd like that, but that's a little bit much. I like those yeah. too. It would be it would be neat if they had you could get those little like a little sword or a little like die D twenty on the little on the little uh, that tab there that sits on the page. That'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, just to say a little bit more about uh, fonts. Don't um, don't get creative. Like it's. I I always assume that this podcast talks to people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> because if you know what you're doing, you probably don't. You're not listening to us. us. Jesus, yeah. you know what you're doing. Jesus, yeah, go make so, a game. Don't, 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 don't uh, waste your time here. Yeah. Shit. Are, are, are you suggesting you shouldn't use wingdings? <laughs> what I'm suggesting is, Our body is text. use the fonts that everyone else has already used. You know, just just do it. And... On top of that, though, um, there are uh, general rules for readability with fonts sizes. Um, so you should have a certain spacing uh, based on your font size, and you should shoot for a certain amount of letters or characters per row. And you can sort of stray from them to some degree or another. Um, but I suggest um, there is a golden ratio typography calculator, and it might give you, I think it gives a good starting point. I used it as a starting point, but I, I did make adjustments. I thought it was too open. But it's uh, personified.com backslash typography. Uh, and it's you basically just type in a font size and um, or a font and your page size and it says what size to use for fonts and what spacing to use or you can do it the a reverse way uh, but anyway it's it's interesting something to play around with and good for beginners that sounds useful yeah and for aesthetics I, I'm sure it came up before because that's something I've. I mean, we've done a lot of podcasts now, so it's check our back catalog. <laughs> Boy, I don't. I don't think we should ask people to do that. That's asking a lot. No, I meant Catrice can check our back catalog just to oh, prove okay. that yeah, I've said Catrice can do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling suicidal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might by the end of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for aesthetics, um, I think, you know, feel it's okay to not make the thing that you really dream on, uh, especially if it's going to stop you from making anything at all. So it's okay to make something basic. It's okay to use... Um, uh, clip art and, and stock art uh, just to get the job done. You might not get exactly what you're going for, but it if it gets it done, 
that's that's more important. Yep. I've also used just big blocks. Like I just have giant rectangles in my text where it's like an image needs to go here. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just so that I can play around with the rest of the document while I'm doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I definitely have everything blocked out with big, nice rectangles as I'm building the pages just so that I make sure that I know that there's going to be something goes here. I don't know what it is necessarily. It might be a picture. It might be a sidebar. It might be something else. But I do make sure that I actually block stuff off so that the pages themselves are aesthetically pleasing just from that alone and so that I don't wind up with just huge walls of text. Other pieces of advice. I'm going to give slightly contradictory one to uh, what Jonathan was saying. Um, because I had fun playing with fonts and finding one that fit the aesthetic of uh, Praxis. Um, and again, like I used a very clear font for the actual text, but I had I wanted to find one that looked like Sharpie on uh, paper. Um, so I used a resource called Creative Market. Um, they have a, a catalog of fonts, and you can search them up and find different things that you're interested in. They also have a section of free goods every week that changes every Monday. Um, so if you're looking for just like a bunch of fonts to play with, um, that's a cool place to look. Um, and then when you're ready to do the full publication, you can pay for a license. All the free fonts are just for your own personal use, but uh, it's somewhere around 20 bucks for a font for uh, commercial use, which is really reasonable. Um, Not at all. Yeah, so uh, that's where I got to play around a little bit and find good inspiration. There are also like other free font websites, but um, I find that all of these on Creative Market are really high quality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as as a, and a, there's lots of free fonts here, right? And as a starting point, Google Fonts is uh, really easy. Yep. Uh, and despite what I said, I, I give advice to hopefully make you know your your game design easier and allow you to focus on the important things but i also spent a long time finding my fonts <laughs> which and and many other things they spend so much time going down rabbit holes looking for art and fonts and stuff like that but my advice yeah. is to not do that but i understand <laughs> the desire to do that yeah it makes sense there are some exceptions and I'd like to be able to say that I spent a ton of time looking up for Celtic-looking fonts, but there's only a few of them out there, oddly enough. There's surprisingly not very many. We check again. <laughs> yeah, you, you just weren't lucky, right? Okay, um, not very many good ones. <laughs> I will, but let's try. Uh, last little bit about fonts. Um, nothing made me kick myself more than when I sat down at a table with two playtesters who were absolutely lovely, uh, but one of them could not read the size of font that I had written. Um, so, um, choose a size of font that you think is accessible, run it by people that have um, different levels of ability as well, just to see how accessible the text is um, because like, it's an easy enough fix that you should be able to do within the text. You should be able to, like, there's nothing stopping you from making your font 
big, legible, clear, like, and you'll, you'll save yourself a little bit of uh, heartache doing it early. Yeah. Oh, another thing while I think of it, not all fonts use the same point size to be the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, there no. are some that, like, an eight-point font on one font is, like, 12 on another. Like, that's something you actually yeah. have to check. Yeah, I actually don't understand that. Um, I don't know. Because I thought either. point was a very specific, like, you know, one point it. equals another point. But, um, yeah, I, I picked a 12-point font because I wanted it to read pretty easily. But it's also slightly smaller than other 12-point fonts. Like, 11 might be closer in some cases, so. It's interesting, but you're right. Yeah, I have a silly question for Mark, and oh, I'm sorry for the derail. Was that when it was in booklet form? Yes. Yeah, so I brought it to Breakout, and I had a playtest group of two, um, and one of them, one of the people, could not read the book as written. And while it was okay that I was there, um, it was evident that I could have just made it easier to read from the get-go mm -hmm. um even in booklet form yeah. but uh yeah so lessons learned mm -hmm. okay any other big accessibility points we want to touch on mm, don't set your book on fire <laughs> i got nothing yeah okay <laughs> i think i covered that's, that's reasonable <laughs> We just cover a lot of big, big points in like broad categories. Okay, style, style guides, aesthetics. What are some? What are there some big things that we can go into? Uh, we've kind of touched on it a lot through this podcast, but having a personal style for your thing that's evocative of what you're trying to do, mm -hmm. probably the most important thing you can do aesthetically. That's true. Does anybody want to argue with that? Yeah. <clears throat> No, it's, it, it, yeah, no, I agree too. And I think the more you can make your game itself, the more that just naturally comes out. Like I feel like mm -hmm. the 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 best example I have of that from this from this podcast is is uh, the escape slash cut to the chase, where cut to the chase became more. I feel like it, in its second incarnation, the second incarnation, the pub, what ended up being published is it's more itself than the first one was. And I feel like yeah, it, I I took some direction um and actually that was gonna i i i was gonna make a comment that sort of plays into this it's um it's okay to change your if if you don't like how something looks or if it doesn't quite meet what you envisioned it's okay to adjust that um and move forward um and for various reasons that's essentially what i did and cut to the chase it was just like uh, I was able to, once the game became more complete, I was able to create a, an actual, a, a better focus into what I wanted to present. So, yeah. And that, it, that will happen as your game develops, too. It's not going to yeah, be yeah. there in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that can be tough, and that can set you back a bit, but also, like, just don't be afraid of it. Like, it's part of the game development. Yeah, agreed. We touched 
we talked about it at the start, but to remind you, this is both an accessibility and uh, aesthetics thing. Make sure to break things up every other, every like two page spread you said, that seems about right, yeah. Make sure there's yeah. something to draw the eye occasionally in your book and there aren't large blocks of pure text. Or if there are, there's at least something differentiating the text from the other text. Yeah, if you have like two pages, like left page, right page, at the same time, and it's just a solid block of text. There's not even so much as a table. There's not a, a sidebar. There's nothing there that's, oh, it, <laughs> it's hard on the eyes to even look at it. You want to change, you want to turn the page immediately as soon as you see that you're like, yeah, <clears throat> maybe this isn't that. I don't need this so much, you know. Yeah. Does anybody else have any major points other than that in terms of style and aesthetics that we should want to call out? Not that I can think of. We're good. Okay. Take us out of here, Kapoor. Welcome to this impromptu hosted by Kepoor episode of Play Forward. Uh, we'll, there might be an episode next week, there might not. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night. 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 Good night.